Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. We do want to welcome those of you that are watching online or perhaps you're listening on our podcast, Hope Covenant. Would you put your hands together for our online viewers and listeners? It's great to have you with us, and we consider you a part of this family. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, I want to encourage you to stop by. We'll make you feel right at home, won't we, Hope Covenant? Message title and attitude adjustment. And I do want to welcome the Lord because I believe that God is going to speak to us, that these are not just words on a page as we turn to Scripture but I believe that we can really have a life encounter with God that would forever change us this morning. You know, on my way here every single Sunday, I pray this prayer that this would not just be a typical Sunday, but that God would show up and really convict and minister and that these words would provoke you to righteousness, that these words would provoke you to an encounter with God because I believe firmly that I can stand up here and speak till I'm blue in the face, but one moment in his presence will do what I can't accomplish in a hundred years of speaking if I even had that. And so, Father, we welcome you this morning. And I thank you, Lord, that we would encounter you. And I thank you, Lord, that this wouldn't come from memorization or from the head. But, Father, that this would come straight from your heart to us. And, Lord, that you would awaken us, that you would shake us and stir us. And I thank you, Lord, this morning I believe you're going to encourage us. So we prepare our spirits, we prepare our hearts, and we prepare our minds right now to hear from you this morning as we look to your word in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, we just shout amen which simply means you're in agreement with it. So I want to talk about an attitude adjustment. Immediately when you hear that title, it's easy to get an attitude. (laughs) Um, I know when I wrote it down, I was like, this is a very different twist to this title than actually what it sounds like. And I know none of you have an attitude. I know, you know, that it would never apply to anybody in this church, of course. But I do believe that it's really about posture. I want to talk about posture this morning because I believe that there's a way that we can posture ourselves to really walk in the supernatural grace and wonder and awe of God that things are not as difficult. We say this, that that man makes his plans, we plan, but then God comes and he ordains and brings ordination to our steps. So we might think we're going hard left and God changes and turns the direction hard right. But when you're obedient to the voice of God and you do as he says when he says to do it, it's amazing what happens when we adjust our posture to, Lord, I trust you that you're bringing me down the path of the narrative that you want for my life. Can I get an amen? Amen. So an attitude adjustment. I want you, if you have your Bibles with you, to turn to Numbers 13. We're going to look at verse 31 to 33. And I want to set this up. If you remember in scripture, when Moses sent some spies to survey and check out the promised land that God was sending the Israelites to, this was called Canaan. And we'll pick up here at verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. So they're looking at an enemy that is blocking the promise that God is sending them to, the promised land that they're to possess. And they spread among and, and they and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. Now I want to pause right here. 
So they went to survey a land and they found a, a, an issue where there were giants in the land, military giants in the land that were stronger than they were. So there was something standing in between them and the promise. And the first thing they did was went and talked about it and chattered. How many of you have put on the news and seen there's giants in the lands when you, when you turn on the news? You hear the chatter that would create a spirit of fear. And that's what happens here. The land we explored devours those living in it, they said. All the people we saw there were of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. So they felt like they were small. They were grasshoppers. There's no way they could possibly get to this promised land with what was occupying the land in the moment. The Bible is filled with adjectives that are used to describe the nature and character of God. The Bible refers to God as a God of grace, which simply means that God has a tendency to give us what we don't deserve. In Titus 2 verse 11, it says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Are you not grateful for that this morning? The Bible also refers to God as a God of mercy, which means he doesn't give us what we do deserve. Man, am I grateful for that one. In Deuteronomy 4, verse 31, it says, For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant with your ancestors, which he confirmed to them by oath. I want to just read that again, that he will not abandon or destroy you. If you're taking notes this morning, some of you need to write that on your notes and even on the tablet of your heart, that he will not abandon or destroy you. Some of you are looking at a situation in the natural that looks like maybe you feel like a grasshopper in the middle of this promise that you feel you have from God. He will not abandon or destroy me has to become a confession, a confession. Let your ears hear that. There was a couple times this week that I was looking at some things, some obstacles. We're trying to raise money for some vision as a church. We're a church plant. And I, I confessed it out loud. He will not abandon or destroy me. God is with me. He is here. He's, he's, he's girding me. He's, he's, he's holding me in this moment. How many of you need that in this moment that you're in? So the Bible refers to God as a God of love, and this is called agape love. This is an unconditional love, which is not a feeling. Thank you, Lord. It's, it's beyond that. It's a decision or a choice that we must make to see this and display it in and through us to others. This agape, unconditional love. Now, we really struggle with this in the area of forgiveness, letting go oftentimes, but agape love and unconditional love. In other words, no matter what they did to me, I am not a victim. I'm a victor. I'm going to flush this under the, the, the blood of the cross and go, okay, it's, I'm going to forgive so that I could be forgiven, as Scripture says. You, I mean, it, all you have to do is take just five minutes in church and you'll experience some kind of hurt because it's full of people. Amen? There is no perfect church out there. And that includes, and especially this one, if you're coming here expecting to never get hurt, you would probably need to never have relationships because relationships, there's going to be hurt. And the closer they are to you is the more it will hurt. I didn't look at Liz for any reason right there. Just so y'all know, don't be judging her up in here. 
But God is a God of principles, and I want to talk about a rule of operation that makes, it makes certain outcomes predictable. Principles like sowing and reaping, we were just talking about this during offering, that, that when we sow, we, you know, when we give, we'll receive. That's a predictable outcome. It's a predictable principle. Principles like lose your life, save it. So when we accept Jesus, we're, we're losing our life by giving it to him, but yet we're saving it. It's the most important decision we can ever make. Save your life, lose it. This pertains to the lordship of God in our life. When, when you are lost, you need to get saved. You need Jesus as your savior. When you get saved, your life is no longer your own. You're giving it to God. It belongs to God. He is the Lord. And we all, I've say this there almost every week. We all want a savior, but lordship, where now he's in charge and he sets the guidelines in which I live. That's now it's getting real. The rubber's meeting the road there. Because God is a God of principles, I want to talk about exception. Exception is an arrogant or a declaration of superiority. We are simply identifying and declaring God's distinction that becomes our identity. So the favor of God, his distinction over my life that becomes my identity, that I can walk in his favor, that I can walk by faith and not by sight, that when I see giants in the land, I can go, but I'm just a little bit different. Don't you love that? I want to encourage you with this today on this happy Father's Day. It's not that we as Christians are better than. It just means we're different. We're set apart. As we discussed a few weeks ago, did a whole message about being set apart. God's supernatural power is an amazing thing. When God makes something happen that is not supposed to happen, we can see his power at work. It shouldn't happen. It couldn't happen. It wouldn't happen unless God made it happen. Right? How many of you are there right now? You're looking at something that that, there's no way this should have happened, but God, dot, dot, dot. Some of you need to declare that over your situation. It looks like this, but God, dot, dot, dot. In other words, I'm hosed without you, Jesus. I'm in trouble. I need you to show up and show off in this moment or I can't do it. And I encouraged you in January when you're, when you're penning and, and, and writing down visions and goals That if you don't need God to accomplish that very thing that you're looking at, it's not big enough. You need to dream bigger. You go, is this like a blab it and grab it message? No, if we don't need God, what are we doing? I want to wake up and need his supernatural power in my life. If he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means his power is as real right now as it was in the Bible when it was written. That's a good word, and I'm grateful for that. A scared world needs a fearless church. We've got to be in a position where God is love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Where we dwell in this and when we look at the promise that God has destined for us over our destiny, we don't look at it and go, well, we're grasshoppers. I don't know if I can do this. But God. Oh, y'all, I'm preaching better than y'all are amen, but that's okay. When you survey your own life, you can often see seasons and situations where God made an exception. God opens doors you couldn't open and shuts doors. And I, oftentimes, if you're, like, if you're like me, you get upset at the, the shut door. You go, why? Why would you shut that door? How many of you know oftentimes a shut door means God's orchestrating something so much better than what you had planned in that moment? If you would just trust him. You go, well, I trust him. Yeah, well, when the rubber meets the road, we'll see. 
I'm, hey, I'm, I'm preaching to me right now, so I'm just saying. It gets real. When there's a shut door and you feel like you're at a standstill, or you feel like you're in the, what I call the hallway of life. One door is shut and another door is not yet open. And you're like, where do I go? It's dark in here. I don't know where to go. Trust God. But God, dot, dot, dot. God's favor is an amazing thing. You don't deserve it, but your obedience and your yes to God certainly invited it. And the Bible's full of these examples when it talks about exception. Women in their 90s, if I can give you just a few Women that are in their 90s don't typically have babies, but God made an exception for Sarah. She doesn't typically part down the middle when it's in your way and then use to eliminate your enemies, but God made an exception for Moses. Hebrew boys don't typically go into a furnace to be put to death and walk out alive and not even smelling like smoke, but that was the case for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Men named Daniel don't typically get thrown into a lion's den and come out unscathed and untouched, but that was the case when God's favor was on Daniel. Teenage boys, I love this one, especially good-looking musicians that are harp players, don't typically slay military giants with a slingshot, but that was the case for David. When God's favor and exception was on David's life, I can relate to him as a piano player. As Patrick is up here as a U.S. Marshal, huh! Like, I play the piano, bro. You want to arm wrestle? There was an exception for Patrick. Dead men don't usually die on a cross on Friday, and then they're buried in a grave and walk out on Sunday, but there was an exception, and there was favor on Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm striving to be more like Jesus, so I'm going to just claim his exception over my life. I'm trying to encourage somebody in here that's looking at a situation, that's looking at an obstacle. We need to adjust our attitude. We need to adjust our perspective. Sometimes it's not even necessarily the attitude that starts as the perspective that creates an attitude that we need to adjust. If God can do it for everyone that I just mentioned, he can pour out his favor and his exception on you. 1 Peter 2, verse 9 but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into wonderful light. And I want to pause right there because oftentimes when we're looking at the impossible or we're looking at a difficult situation, we're looking at anxiety, we're looking at depression, we're looking at the weight or the heaviness of something that's on us, and we immediately think, my God, I need counseling. Oftentimes, you don't need counseling as much as what, and I'm not putting down counseling because it's a great thing, but oftentimes, if you would just take up a garment of praise where there's a spirit of heaviness, that anxiety and those shackles would begin to fly off of you. Because don't tell me it's not spiritual. Your spirit feels it. You need to get into the presence of the Lord because that's where there's peace. Period. I've seen people for years that go to counselors and say, I think I'm getting somewhere, but I'm not really sure. What do, what do I need to do? Well, you know, keep that up. But can I encourage you? Step into the presence of the Lord and in the morning, wake up and good morning, Holy Spirit. Because the more time you spend in the presence of God, is the less time you'll have needing things. God does not have needs. He has desires. Aren't you grateful for that? God doesn't have any needs. 
So if we're striving to be more like Jesus and more like demonstrating the character of God, we need to spend more time in his presence where he will turn our needs into desires. And when you desire more of God and you get into his presence, you will find that your needs will be met. I promise you. When God is doing something in our lives, it's intentional. Here's, here's one that I love, though. When it looks like God is doing nothing, that's also intentional. You feel like, God, why are you not moving now? I want it now. And we whine and we complain. What happened when the Israelites whined and complained? They ended up staying in the back end of the desert in the wilderness a lot longer. They prolonged the moment. 40 years because of the complaining and the whining. We've got to adjust our attitude and understand that God knows best and he knows what he's doing. Over your situation, yes, what, I'm, what you're thinking about right now, that very thing that pops into your head, yeah, God's got this. The favor of God on our lives is something we don't always understand. Oftentimes when it looks like God is moving, or isn't moving rather, he is. God moves in ways that build character, and he may be moving differently than you think he is. He might be marinating something in the crock pot when you want the microwave minute cook. When you are submitted to his lordship, you must trust his orchestrating and lining things up that far outweigh what you can do in your strength, and I'm so grateful for that. The key to your obedience is having an attitude of praise in the middle of not understanding. You're going about the vision that you thought that God gave you, and, and there's bumps in the road. There's, there's something that you're encountering where it becomes difficult or it looks impossible, and you start questioning, God, why do we always blame God when, when it's not successful? But when it is successful, we're like, hey, I got this. I've seen people in life that are doing really good. They're doing really good. All of a sudden, like business is flowing, money's flowing, and there's like no God present. And all of a sudden they have a need. It's like, God, where are you? I wonder if sometimes God's not like, hey, where have you been? I've, I've been right here the whole time. But you know what? You do better without me. So maybe it's better when you have a need because you press in. You ever think that maybe he desires you enough? And I'm not saying that he creates bad issues for us, but I do think he uses them because he works all things together for the good according to those that love him. So when we do better without God, sometimes when we're, when we're succeeding and we just ignore him, I think well, none of us are doing better without God, but we think sometimes in our own strength we can do this better and we just ignore him, he'll get our attention through the difficult times. You got to adjust our attitude and understand what is God doing in this moment? The same enemy that instills the thought process of pride will try and create the thought process of I'm inadequate. And I want to camp out right here because I believe that the enemy's doing that to some of you in this room. The enemy's trying to make you feel less than he's trying to lie to you in this moment that you don't have what it takes to accomplish what God's called you to. I told you, I read in a, in a magazine, there's, they say the, the successful people all around the world, the, the Forbes businessmen that, that make it through to, to being billionaires, they do it because they don't quit. They don't tap out. Well, we need to start doing that in the spirit, not tapping out and understand that God is going to get us where he wants us. Can I get an amen on that? Arrogance doesn't come from knowing who you are. And what you have, arrogance comes from forgetting who gave it to you. 
Yeah, that'll preach right there. Arrogance is when you start to think it's achieved in your strength and you try to achieve in your strength rather than knowing that God establishes your dreams and your visions, that he's orchestrating. And God finishes what he starts. God cares about the work that he establishes in the first place. I want to read Philippians 1, 6, and some of you need to take this verse and meditate it on all week. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you, let's personalize this, within me, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Can we give God a hearty amen on that one? That is good stuff right there. The story we started with in Numbers actually begins in the book of Exodus. And I believe this is a prophetic word for some of you this morning. Exodus, actually, the word Exodus simply means exit. Exodus. I was profound. The story is about the Israelites who were held captive by the Egyptians. And God was leading them out of captivity. I love the word Exodus. Because again, it means exit. And I believe that some of you feel trapped and some of you feel stuck. Some of you feel overwhelmed, but God is providing for you today an exodus, an exit. There's a way out of what's holding you captive. Some of you go, I'm running short in this area of of what God is showing me that I'm supposed to do. I'm running short of energy. I'm running short of emotional bandwidth. I'm running short. There's an exodus for that. When you press into God, he will fill you up to overflowing. You go, this this is, I don't know how profound this is. Well, it's profound when you're dealing with anxiety or you're dealing with being overwhelmed. We need a reminder of these things and to look at scripture because the answer is in scripture. I want to encourage you today that you might be looking at a giant and feel like a grasshopper, but God is fighting for you and you are coming out of captivity or bondage. God wants you to be free. In John 8, verse 36, I love this verse. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. So God is freeing the Israelites from Egypt and bringing them to Canaan. Moses sends some guys out to survey the land of, of Canaan, and, and they're stoked about the land, but they find giants in the land. So the land is great, but the promise is met with opposition. And I believe many of you that are here this morning, your promise is met with opposition, and I want to encourage you to adjust your attitude. Do not get discouraged that as an attack of the enemy, rebuke the enemy, and and say no more. Can I, we give God a shout of praise on that one. You're on your way and you're like, I don't know what to do. I cast all my cares upon him. Remember that song? I lay all of my burdens. I just sang this the other week. Down at your feet. And anytime I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. My mom used to sing that to me when I was a kid. And I would wake up with nightmares and I would wake up with an anxiety and she would sit there and she would hold me and go, all right, let's sing, baby. And she would make me sing it. Do you know why she would make me sing it? She wanted my ears to hear my mouth confess the scripture. She wanted me to take authority in that moment and not her take authority, but me take authority. If you've got kids and you're a dad in this room, one of the greatest ways you can train and equip your kids is that they carry authority in the spirit of God and get them to walk in authority and declare the goodness of God and rebuke the enemy because there's power of life and death in the tongue. There's the scripture that makes it legal. Uh, This is good stuff. You don't have to put up with the attacks of the enemy. 
whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Some of you are tapping out right now because your promise is being occupied by opposition. And the word today is that you have to overthrow the opposition in order to possess God's promise. I'm going to read that again. The word for you today is that you have to overthrow the opposition in order to possess the promise of God. Oftentimes, that's the opposition of your mind games that the enemy is trying to play. You go, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm going to cast that off in Jesus' name. Get out of my head. I'm done. Devil, shut up. It's okay to tell the devil to shut up. I said something to Liz that caused doubt in her mind. She told me to shut up the other day. She goes, nope. Nope, not having it. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. And I went, what would I say? She go, and she said it back to me. And I went, oh, okay, I, I hear that. She goes, all that's going to do is create fear. I'm not having it. I didn't take it personal. She's taking authority over an ungodly seed that was sown. And I had to check myself before I wrecked myself and understand I'm supposed to water her with the word, not speak word curses over her. We've got to be careful about the power of life and death in the tongue. Even what we're speaking over the promise that we need to possess when we see grasshoppers speak life over the situation. You look at the checkbook and you're overwhelmed. You look at the checkbook of your business and you're overwhelmed. Get into the presence of God and go, I'm trading my sorrows for the joy of the Lord. Remember that song in the 90s? We say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, Daryl Evans. (laughs) Brendan's like, oh, God, please no. We wore a hole in that song. We wore a hole. I was, I would drive around town. We say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. I'm dancing in the field of grace with my father, God. I never felt secure on that one. But anyway, (laughs) some of you are tapping out right now, though, because the enemy's trying to flex at you. Take the word of God. Don't do it in the flesh, but flex back to the word of God. Philippians 4, verses 5 to 7, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Check this out. This will handle your issues, your counseling needs right here. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, start praying for God's sake. I'm adding some things in there. With thanksgiving, and let your requests be made known to God. And check this out. Okay, so mic drop, drop it at the feet of God, and let the peace of God, which goes beyond your ability to understand, it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Can we give God a shout of praise? I'm sorry. Can we give God a shout of praise? Like That's really good. You go, why are you trying to get me all fired up? Because I'm trying to get you excited that you understand it's a garment of praise that breaks heaviness. So please start praising. I love this. An author once said, I can tell your sense of self by the size of an obstacle it takes to discourage you. Can I read it again? I could tell your sense of self by the size of the obstacle it takes to discourage you. In other words, I can read a lot about you not getting discouraged and seeing you walk in success that you're not going to be faced with trials and get discouraged and tap out and go, I'm just a grasshopper. Uh, Hold on. The same God that parted the Red Sea that swallowed up there, and it isn't amazing when you look at the Israelites. He parted the Red Sea prior to and led them across and swallowed up the enemies in the Red Sea. He used that very sea that he parted that was in their way to actually kill the enemy that was chasing them. What happened with the Israelites? They forgot about what God had done in the past. 
Sometimes we have to go back to what God, miracles God did in the past and look at those and go, if he was faithful then, he's going to be faithful now. What am I discouraged about? Look at all the things. Thank God. I mean, look, I'm alive today. That's a miracle in and of itself. If you saw me playing as a kid, jumping out of tree houses on the trampolines, if, I mean, my God, his favor must be on my life because I gave him every reason to take me out. But if God was faithful, then he'll be faithful now. In Numbers 13, the Israelites did not step into the life that God ordained and arranged, not because they saw God wrong. It was because they didn't see themselves right. They had an image issue of how God saw them. And this is where this message is going to get real this morning, because I think some of you are struggling with the giant in the land because of the image that you see when you look in the mirror. You don't see yourself like God sees you. When you're brushing your teeth in the morning, you need to get in the habit of going, I'm a child of the king. I'm destined. I'm ordained. I'm blessed. I'm not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, not destroyed. Thank you, Daryl Evans. That's just a scripture that he wrote to a song. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the head and not the tail. You start declaring those things and your ears start, you start encouraging yourself in the Lord like David said to do in Psalms. And you start all of a sudden beginning to not worry. Fear starts to break off. Confession is so important. It takes an attitude adjustment. Because can I tell you half the times I confess life, I do not feel like confessing that. But it's a mood breaker. It's a mood shaker. Mood breaker, miracle worker, <laughs> promise keeper, light in the darkness. I mean, we can do this. Yeah. We need to adjust our attitude and see ourselves through the lens of a loving God. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I'll even say, if God is for us, what can be against us? God completes the work he starts, including and especially his work, not just through you, but in you. I wonder if in a turbulent time, if God's not doing something in you, that if you would just recognize the moment, you would take a chill pill. I remember six years ago going through a very difficult situation. I dealt with some church hurt that would blow some of your minds if I got into the details of it. A serious betrayal at a mega church. And I remember, I remember dealing with, I just wanted to get, through the moment and get to the other side. I just wanted it to be over. I wanted the pain to stop. And I remember a father that was in my life, a spiritual father says, you'll know you're healed when it doesn't hurt anymore. And that made me cry even more. It actually hurt when he said it, but he spoke a truth to me. And so I started declaring the goodness of God. And I started declaring that, I, you know what? And I didn't, listen, I was bitter as, as you could possibly be, but I started declaring life and saying, I forgive and I didn't always forgive when I said it, but I started just to speak it out. I forgive. I release this. I let this go. And I didn't always, the feelings didn't catch up. It took a while. But I, then I got to a place where a couple months later, it started to hurt a little bit less. And a couple months later, it started to hurt a little bit less. And then like a year later, I started praying for this person and crying over how, how misguided they were and asking God to get their attention. And then a year later, I got a call from that person saying, I just want to let you know, I am so sorry about this, 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 and this, and this. 
There was one time I had somebody that was really had betrayed me that actually texted me when I was on a plane. I couldn't wait for the plane to land so I can call them and apologize for everything they had ever done in a serious betrayal, another betrayal that was even greater than the one I just talked about six years ago. And they said, would you forgive me? I was so wrong. It's amazing what happens when you get into a place of the spirit and you surrender to God. He will work out what you cannot. Some of y'all need to stop worrying. We deal with this, this fear thing sometimes, though, and we've got to understand if God is for us, what can be against us? We need to adjust our attitude and understand that in Deuteronomy 28, 13, if you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top, and you will never be at the bottom. These are good scriptures to write down and meditate on when you feel like you're being crushed. Guys, we've got to adjust the image of how we see ourselves and how God destined us and start seeing it through that lens. I want to play a video clip of a, we're all familiar with this video clip of a spirit of fear. Let's just watch this real quick because this is oftentimes what we do. How many of us are looking at our businesses? How many of us are looking at our situations? We're looking at our kids. We're looking at our marriages. And we're okay up until we see the obstacle. And we react just like that. And we go and we hide under the covers. Listen, we're the head and not the tail. Let me read it again. Deuteronomy 28 verse 13. If you listen to these commands of the Lord, your God, that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will always be on top and never on the bottom. Listen, when you see the giant with the shovel, I added that part that's not in scripture, but like the video clip that we just watched, when you understand who you are, that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, it'll change your perspective. And when you change and adjust your perspective, God can take you quicker to the destiny that he's called you to. It'll speed things up. I guarantee if you say, Lord, just show me what you want to show me in this moment. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to see myself like you see me, that I'm highly favored, that I'm destined for great things that I'm anointed and appointed for this very moment in this thing that you've called me to. I'm not tapping out and I'm not letting go. I'm gonna see your promises. I'm gonna see your faithfulness. Some of you just need to begin to start pacing in, in, in a room, just you and God and say, I right now, Lord, I thank you that I can see things through the lens of faith, not things in the natural, but through the lens of faith that you're orchestrating and working all things together for the good of me because you love me and I love you. There is nothing selfish about that.
You gotta understand who you are. And I wanna encourage some of you because I'm sensing and sensed even on the way here that some of you are so struggling with this image thing. You've gotta adjust your attitude, adjust your perspective and adjust your attitude and understand that he has called you to greatness. He's destined you, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. So with every eye closed this morning, if you're in a position where you need, you need right now even more than ever before to see yourself as the head and not the tail, you need God this morning to break through in an area. You need God to, to help adjust your perspective as you're looking at giants in the land and you feel like a grasshopper and you're going, God, I need you. I just want you to stand to your feet this morning if that's you. God, I need you to come through. I need you more now than ever before. You go, I don't know if I want to stand up to my feet. Listen, there's something that's going to happen this morning. I believe God's breaking some things over us this morning when we adjust our perspective. And Jesus, right now, I thank you that you're breaking the image issues. I thank you, God, that we're the head and not the tail, that we're above and not beneath, that you've called us. When we're looking at the land, we see that it's met with opposition in your promises. Lord, that we could take authority over the giants and tell them to get out And I thank you, God, that you've given us authority in these areas in Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc, and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.